Effusion. Floral Effusion is our topic for tonight. You are here at class because you know that this is something that you have to be fluent in if you're going to pass NCLEX. Hi, everybody. My name is Regina Callion, MSNRN, and I love helping you study for NCLEX. We're going to go into our Quick Facts book. For those of you who are doing the program, you know half of it is V2. The other half is Quick Facts, right? That's most of it. So Plural Effusion, uh, give me the page, somebody that knows this book. <laughs> Plural Effusion is on page 72. So you got a nice little chart, um, Plural Effusion down here that you want to make sure you review after this class. Now, there are some things... Can you guys hear me? You guys can hear me. Okay. There are some things that we will uh, be discussing that you may not have heard before, and that's okay. Take notes, store it in your memory, because this is a subject that, you know, you're going to want to know. You're going to want to know. So let's get into it. Plural effusion. Very, very good topic. The first thing um, that I want to say is if you're struggling and you're tired with your NCLEX, some of you have been dealing with the, 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 it's a problem. It's a problem. The problem is you don't have your nursing license, right? And the thing about this problem, you guys can hear me. Thumbs up for everybody. You can hear me. The, the thing about you having this problem is that you're the only one who can fix it. You know, every, every story has a hero, you are the hero of your own story. So there's literally nobody else that can come in and scoop you up, okay? There's literally nobody that can come in and take this test for you. So you have to be willing to do that. Everybody that is here, understand your role in the story that's happening, your life, you're the hero, okay? So plural effusion, plural effusion. Oh no, let me not break into it like that. That wasn't right. So in order for you to end up where you need to be in your story, the hero also has to take action, okay? You know that. That action looks like you showing up to class, taking notes, being a part of this community, making sure that you are doing your part. If you don't have the full NCLEX review program, guys, get into that plan, get into that program, and make sure that you are taking actionable steps to get to where you need to be. You're the hero. Okay. If nothing else that you don't know, you are the hero. That's it. That's it. Okay. So plural effusion, when you talk about plural effusion, this is commonly known as water on the lungs. And this is very important. Oh, I know what I need. Mark, can you bring me a spoon? I know this is like, uh, <laughs> this is behind the scenes, but I need a spoon. Look at this picture of the lungs, right? So you see this picture of the lungs, you guys understand that normally when the lungs are expanding and they're deflating, they are moving against the chest wall, okay? They are moving against the chest wall. And so my first question that I would ask you is, is there supposed to be water? Oh my goodness, I love you. <laughs> I love you. Is there supposed to be water in the plural space, okay? Is there supposed to be water in the plural space? No, there's no clip. There's no clipboard today. There's just me. All right. So this is a good. This is a good start for plural effusion because some of you are saying yes. There's supposed to be water. 
some are you some are you saying no there's not supposed to be water so this is good i asked mark to bring me a spoon and because he is such a great nurse's assistant he brings me three spoons and this is good for us for review because we know um these spoons are actually different measurements so the question is is there supposed to be water in the plural space at all ever right and people were saying yes some people were saying no so in the plural space there is water there is water and the reason why there is water is because if there was nothing to lubricate the lungs against the chest wall in that plural space guess what would happen you would be having some pain every time the lungs expanded if they didn't have any lubrication right so there is water in the plural space but it's just a little little bit amount so if i showed you i'll get rid of this spoon because these are two spoons can you see the different sizes right if i showed you this amount how much fluid would be in this spoon how much fluid would be in this spoon what do you guys say because there is fluid um there is a little more fluid than this spoon so how much is this good job some people are saying five some people are saying 15. this is five right so there's more fluid than this this is how much this is a tablespoon so about this much fluid should be in the plural cavity. It's about 10, I think it's about 10 to 20, right? 10 to 20. So this is 15. So if you think about how much fluid should be in here for your entire lung cavity, this is not that much, okay? This is not that much. So there is supposed to be fluid, but it's a little, little bit. It is a little, little bit, like this much, a tablespoon. And remember guys, a tablespoon is 15, okay? Teaspoon is five. So now let's talk about the pleural effusion. Now, so what happens is pleural effusion happens when you commonly have an accumulation of that fluid. You commonly have a lot more fluid than normal. And so in the pleural line inside of the chest cavity and the exterior of the lungs, wow, the, the, the pleural space of a healthy individual has about 10 to 20 milliliters. And the protein, check this out, the protein level is very low, all right, less than 1.5 grams. That's significant too. Um, if, you're, if you're studying in this book, this is page 72. Somebody said, what page are we on now? Um, so if you read this session earlier, this is page 72. And there are some things that I do want to highlight. I actually don't say how much pleural fluid is in the pleural cavity. So if you have this book, write that down in there. But we're doing quick facts tonight uh, for those of you who have the program. All right. Thank you so much. So now that we understand that, let's talk about the two different types of pleural effusions. Now, the two types are called transudative and exudative. Transudative and exudative. Now, the whole entire principle is that you have too much fluid, but there are two reasons why you're going to have too much fluid. The transudative is because there is additional fluid that is being produced and it is leaking into the pleural cavity. So the body is creating 
this additional fluid that is not getting filtered out, okay? So transudative. And I have here in the notes, transudative fluid is clear and there's not a lot of protein because it's, it's essentially just fluid that normally would be there, but the body is producing more of it. Exudative, exudative is talking about a, a fluid that is not normal. It's filled with particles. It may be uh, filled with blood. It may be filled with protein. It is cloudy, right? So there are two causes that you might have pleural effusions. So for the transudative, let me make it big again. This is, of course, the too much problem. Um, congestive heart failure is going to give you too much fluid. And that just makes sense, right? Because we know with congestive heart failure, you do have um, fluid increased fluid production. Also, cirrhosis of the liver, kidney disease. This is where you're going to have a backup of the fluid as well. And so it's going to get into the pleural space. If a patient is starting peritoneal dialysis, all of the fluid might not be pulled off. And then increased albumin levels in the blood due to malnutrition will cause a transudative pleural effusion. First time hearing this, it may be a little heavy, but stick with me because you can learn this information. Exudative. When we think of an exudate, when we think of an exudate fluid, it is something that is not normal. It is cloudy. It is filled with protein or blood. It's an exudate drainage, right? So that's the type of pleural effusion that you can also see. If you would go in and draw a sample of an exudative fluid, it's going to look different. It's going to be cloudy. Some things that will cause that would be cancer, okay? Infections, yes, inflammation or a lung injury. So Simple concepts because we understand how drainage and fluid works. If a patient has a pleural effusion, then they will report what symptoms? What symptoms are we going to see? We're going to see a lot of respiratory symptoms. So the patient is going to report chest pain. And that chest pain is often sharp. It gets worse, especially if the patient is coughing or breathing. Now, the chest pain and the cough, shortness of breath, okay, orthopnea, the reason why it is so bad with a pleural effusion is because, remember, effusion means that you're having water in this space. And so if there is water that is filling up the space, what can't the lungs do? What is the real problem of having fluid in your pulmonary space? Okay, the pleural space specifically. But what's the problem with having too much? When you have too little, you're going to have pain. But when you have too much, what can't the lungs do? And this is you critically thinking to be a better nurse. Because if you understand this principle, then there are other things that we could do to make our patient comfortable. If they come in with a pleural effusion, your patient has congestive heart failure, and then they have, you know, cancer of the lungs, they may have an infection, bronchitis, pneumonia, right? Exactly. The lungs are constricted, so they cannot expand. And that's a big deal for our patients, because if your lungs cannot expand because there's fluid, then that means that the ventilation is going to go 
down. Ventilation is going to go down, right? So these are the signs and symptoms of the pleural effusion. Let me just say them again. Chest pain. It's a dry, it's a non-productive cough. Think about why it would be non-productive. Dyspnea, shortness of breath, or thopnea. How do you diagnose it? The best way to diagnose it is really the ultrasound. The, the doctor can do a chest x-ray as well because that will show us the effusion. You could do a CT scan, uh, but the ultrasound is going to give you the best indication of if it is truly a pleural effusion. I want to say PE so bad, but PE, it would cause confusion. All right. So um, these are the diagnostic criteria for a pleural effusion. I'm going to talk about the treatment in a little bit. Um, thoracentesis. What is that? I discussed it when we went over our respiratory review in the V2, but a thoracentesis allows you to remove the fluid from that pleural space. You could also do a pleural fluid analysis or a, bronx, uh, a bronchoscopy as well. Somebody asked about the treatment. Are we going to give diuretics? Uh, yes, we are. We're going to give diuretics. Great job. That is the way that you make that special connection between recognizing the situation, and then what is the treatment? So we're going to have some practice questions about pleural effusion here coming up in a little bit. I love how you are making that connection. When you're presented with a problem, you think right away, how do I treat this? How do I get my patient out of this situation? So yes, indeed, we're going to give diuretics, antibiotics, if this is a result of a what kind? We're giving antibiotics if this is a result of what? A bacteria or a virus? What do we give antibiotics for? I love this. Let me pause for the cause while you guys answer that question. The summer says, hello, Miss Regina. I became a Remar nurse <laughs> on November 17th with V2 and forever grateful for your program. I thank God I found you. Thank you, Miss Regina. I love this note. This is my love note for today. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you for letting everybody know you've got those letters. Uh, and you guys know I love reading that sentence. It's my favorite. I am a Remar nurse. That just means so much. It means you showed up to class. You did the work. Um, you believed in yourself. And you were your own hero to the story. It's you. It's what you do. Congratulations. Congratulations, Summer. So I asked the question here, which was this. What are we giving antibiotics for? I can't remember. Tell me what we're giving them for. And of course, Liliana, hey, Liliana. Liliana was at the live and Liliana actually won the $500 during our Black Friday. Liliana, did you get your money? Did you send me your, your cash app? Because I, I think I'm waiting for you to do that. Please send me your cash app, girl, so I can give you that money. Um, but yeah, we had a, we had an amazing Black Friday review and we had four people win $500 every hour. So that was so cool. Um, okay, so medications, antibiotics here. We have treatment for heart failure, chemotherapy, and radiation therapy. Also, did you see this? Check this out. The thoracentesis can be diagnostic and then it can also be therapeutic. So if you have not studied the thoracentesis, please study that. 
Okay, please study that as a as, as a stopping point because you can see so many different disease processes can rely on this for diagnosis. A two thoracostomy, all right, as well. What does that sound like? <laughs> what does that sound like? Um, a two thoracostomy, mm. a pleurodesis and a thoracotomy, a thoracotomy. These are all, okay, these are all terms that you should be familiar with. These are all terms that you should be familiar with. Um, actually, the pleurodesis is in quick facts, okay, next gen. So what is a pleurodesis? Does anybody know? Did anybody look that up or did you just read it and keep it pushing? Pleurodesis was one of the new terms that I added in Quick Facts for Next Gen. Who looked it up? Okay. If you don't know it, you need to know it. Pleurodesis is when you, what happens is Danny, she says, no, I didn't look it up. I love the transparency. You know, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to find people who will be honest with you, but not here. I love it. It's like, no, I didn't look it up. I don't know. Pleurodesis is a very special, um, it's a very special procedure where you literally close up that pleural space and you know how important pleural, um, the pleural space is, right? We talked about how important it is. Pleurodesis is when you actually put a medication into that pleural space, like something that's going to be a very big irritant, something that's going to cause damage. Um, so like doctors will put doxycycline, okay? They'll put doxycycline into the pleural space. And what that does is it causes so much inflammation and irritation that the pleural space disappears. It literally closes up. And so with that happening, with that pleural space um, closing up, you don't have the possibility of pleural effusion anymore. Okay. However, if you look at a pleurodesis and how long a person lives after having a pleurodesis where you lose the pleural space and so the, what happens is the lung literally sticks to the chest wall, the survival rate of that is not that great. It's really not that great. So is pleural fusion, pleural effusion a serious complication? Yes, it is. It's a serious complication. And if our patients get this, then the treatment can be very, okay, very, very, uh, very ag aggressive. Okay. Do they go back to normal? That's a great question. I think it's the hope, like, right? Everything that we do, we, we hope that we are able to return our patient to the optimal health. But we all know that that's not always the case. So if the doctor is talking about um, a pleurodesis, then you have to understand that the benefits of that outweigh the risks. Because think about it. What is the risk of continually having fluid develop in your pleural space? That's not that great either, right? Because the lungs aren't expanding. So I'm trying to explain it. I'm trying to introduce the concept to you. This is something that we literally we were supposed to learn in nursing school. And so when we don't, sometimes it seems like it's a lot like, oh, Miss Regina, you've given us too much tonight. But no, we, we should have learned this in nursing school because it is a common procedure. About 100,000 people 
have pleural effusions a year, right? It's very common. So um, we're, we're, we're just all taking it at, as much as we can tonight. So just mark that down. Pleurodesis, it is a thing. Okay, um, so the complications, we talked about this, the complications of a treatment or trying to mitigate the pleural effusions. I would think a pleurodesis would be a last resort. I would think that. I don't think that would be anybody's first option. No, right? Pulmonary edema, collapsed lungs, lung damage, empyema, empyema. This is a, an infection that can turn into an abscess. All right. Uh, pneumothorax, we discussed that. Lung lining scarring, infection and bleeding. Hey, these are good things. These are good things to note, take note of. I like this uh, comment very much, uh, Victoria Cummings, because we have a we have a very wide audience here. You're a medical assistant right now. I love that. Um, but I've been watching your videos since I found you. You have inspired me to be an RN. I'm preparing myself early. Let me tell you. I um, have a family member who was a medical assistant and a year ago she graduated and she is a PN right now. So she went to nursing school uh, from a medical assistant and now she is a nurse. So I'm glad you're here and I hope that uh, we'll be hearing your testimony soon. Okay. All right. We're going into it. And if you are here, I think you're going to learn everything you need to know for your NCLEX exam, all right? Just keep coming and, and doing what the work of the REMAR nurses do. So nursing interventions, evaluate the lung sounds for adventitious breath sounds, yep. Examine the patient's respiratory characteristics. You wanna keep an eye on the breathing pattern, the depth and the rate, because we know if there is a pleural effusion, you guys already told me that the lungs are not going to expand as much. So the depth of the breathing will change. The rate of the breathing will change. It's going to be continuously monitoring the pulse ox, putting the patient in a high Fowler's position. Um, for the patient with the chest tube, you know the protocols of monitoring a chest tube. There are many, but we do want to monitor the, uh, the skin at the location where that tube was inserted examining the area around the tube insertion site for crepitus. Crepitus is going to let us know that what? What's the difference between crepitus and crackles? Two different lung sounds. Crepitus, crackles. What's the difference? Anybody tell me quickly, quickly, quickly. If I hear crackles, we know that crackles means fluid. If I hear crepitus, what does that mean? Somebody tell me. Congratulations to everybody that's testing soon. That is uh, okay. Some some people are saying air. Some people are saying fluid. That's the difference. Crackles is crackles is fluid. I like that. Some people are like, I don't know. I really don't know. Mm. Crepitus is is the air. The air. Yes. Lung sounds. Okay. Monitor the volume, color, and consistency of the drainage note alterations. Okay. Hey, if you don't have the V2, you don't know what I'm talking about. We do have a free trial of it. So go ahead and jump in the free trial. If you go to remartnurse.com, you can find yourself in there. Okay? And it is no cost to join the free trial. 
I want to make sure that you're either in the V2 or the free trial on the path to studying what you need to study. And just by way of sales that are happening right now, it is Cyber Week. And there are many, many things that um, that we are doing for Cyber Week, just like, you know, um, like we try to do often for you, particularly those of you who didn't get paid and you're like, wait, what's going on? 50% off um, on the V2, guys, for Cyber Week too. So that's an opportunity for you. Here is our first question. Here is our first question about pleural effusion. A nurse is reviewing the laboratory results of a 60-year-old patient with a pleural effusion. Which of the following laboratory findings would most likely indicate a complicated pleural effusion requiring more aggressive intervention? So they have a pleural effusion, but it's getting worse. Okay. Here we go. Number one, a serum protein level of 7.0 to a pleural fluid pH of 7.2 and a glucose of 40. Three, a serum LDH level of 200 or four, a pleural fluid pH of 7.45 and what? A glucose level of 100. What is going to indicate that the pleural effusion, PE just wants to roll off my tongue, uh, the pleural effusion is getting more complicated. We did the content, now it's time to do the questions. You guys actually do know everything you need to to pass this question. Here we go. Season two, look like it's between two and four. The correct answer actually indeed is, I hope you caught this one, but it's okay if you didn't because we're going to explain it. It is two, plural, fluid. Look at this pH. This pH is not cool. 7.20, all right? So it is less than the normal 7.35, meaning that is this, is this pH going to be um, acidic or acidic? Alkalotic, is that it, right? So which one is it? This patient is in an acidosis state. It's in an acidosis state, very acidic. So that is going to be number one indicator. This was an abnormal value. If you were looking at the other, if you were looking at the other option, let me see if I can go back. Um, the other option for four, the pH is, is normal, 7.35 to 7.45. So I made it like a little high, but still on the normal range. So a pH of 7.2, I can't rock with that. That's not a safe patient. And the glucose is, is very low too. So this would indicate that my palm, uh, pleural effusion was getting worse, was getting worse in the patient. Okay. Okay. Safety is key. Safety is key. All right, here we go. Question number two is this. Which of the following assessments is the nurse's priority for a client with a pleural effusion? Is it going to be one hourly urine output of 80 milliliters? Two, advantageous breath sounds. Three, blood sugar of 110. Four, oxygen saturation of 95. Okay. We're going to reel it back in here now and make sure that we are all on the same page before 
moving forward, we were kind of divided beforehand. So now we can get back on the same page here. And I see all of us from all over. Let me know where you're from. 1,200 nurses. Amazing. We all picked two, right? We all picked two. So advantageous breath sounds are going to be our priority here because, you know, if they have a change in the breath sounds, that means the ventilation can also be changing at the same time. I'm going to move on. Buffalo, New Orleans, California. I love it. Nevada, Cleveland, Detroit beautiful Iowa. Look at that. I mean, it's global. The Bronx, of course. Okay, here we go. Uh, question number three, the client experiences shortness of breath when lying down, but gets better when sitting. What is the term for this condition? What is the term, Rochester? What is the term, UK, Minnesota? Number one, is that orthostatic? Is that two, hyperventilation? Is that three, apneustic breathing? Or is that four, orthopnea? I'm asking you when a patient experiences shortness of breath when lying down, but then they get better when they sit up. What is that, Florida, da, 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 huh? Virginia. I see some ones and four, North Carolina in the house tonight, H-Town. <laughs> hey, you know, this is what it is. This is what it is on a Wednesday night. If you are not here, where are you? Where are you? What's better than working on the next level, that nursing license? That's the next level for you. You got to show up to these classes so that you can work out your own. Let me say, work out your own salvation. This is what y'all doing, y'all working it out right now. Correct answer for those of you who didn't know is four orthopnea. What? Orthopnea. This is where the rubber meets the road. Where you just you the, these basic definitions. Okay, orthopnea is a term that describes shortness of breath and that occurs when the patient is lying flat. But when they sit up or they stand, they feel they feel less pressure. They can breathe better. So um, don't get this mixed up, okay? Orthopnea, orthostatic, they two different things. Um, this is also how you can tell if a patient has a lot of fluid on their lungs when you are doing, did you get that one wrong? I know. Listen, if you're doing your emission assessment, one of the best questions to ask your patient that will give you a picture of their cardiac and respiratory, uh, their cardiac and respiratory status. You know what the best question to ask them is? Where do you sleep? Where do you sleep? Because if a person says, I sleep in the bed with my husband, I'm like, okay. If a person says, I sleep in a recliner chair in my living room, they say, What you say? They say, I sleep in a chair, sitting up all night. What does that tell you? All right. So even if a person says this, if a person tells me oh, they don't lay down flat in the bed, they have to sleep in a chair. Okay. Are you one of those people? Some people like to sleep in the chair because they're watching TV and they fall asleep in the chair. Other people have to sleep in a chair every single night because when they lie flat, they can't breathe. So if a person says, I got to sleep in a chair, 
then you know that they have respiratory decompensation or they have cardiac issues. Now, some people might say I sleep in the bed too. The follow-up question to that, yes, Rosie, is how many pillows? How many pillows are you sleeping with? Person says, I don't sleep with, like me, I don't sleep with no pillows. I can't stand pillows. They, they just get in the way, right? Somebody else says, I sleep with five pillows. I sleep with four of my favorite pillows. Well, if you're sleeping with four pillows and you pretty much is sitting up all night long, right? So these are good things to know, right? It helps make your it helps make your relationship with your patient so much better when you're asking the right questions. All right, Remar nurses, we're in this thing tonight. Question number four is this: Who a nurse is caring for a client with left-sided pleural effusion? The patient has dyspnea and a productive cough. The vital signs are blood pressure 145 over 90. Heart rate, 88. Respirations, 26. Oxygenation saturation, 96% on two liters, okay? Which of the following nursing interventions should be the priority? Number one, increase the oxygen. Two, place the client patient in a high Fowler's position. Three, Prepare the patient for thoracentesis. Four, administer intravenous diuretics. Let me read this again. You have a patient with a pleural effusion. The patient has dyspnea and a productive cough. The vital signs are 145 over 90. The heart rate is 88. Respirations 26. Okay, 96% on two liters. What's the first thing the nurse should do? Number one, increase the oxygen. Two, place the patient in a high Fowler's position. Three, prepare the patient for a thoracentesis. Four, administer intravenous diuretics. Give them the diuretics. What are we going to do? We are going to. I'm so proud of you guys. Two. <laughs> good, good, good. Good job. Okay. Place the patient in a high Fowler's position because what? The patient has pleural effusion. They are experiencing shortness of breath, increased dyspnea. And so the best thing that we can do is to, um, we got to position them so that we can improve the ventilation and oxygenation. That's the quickest, least, least invasive thing we can do. That's the best thing. Okay. Most of us got that one right. Now it's time for me to turn up the heat right now. The nurse is caring for four patients. Everybody has pleural effusions. Everybody has pleural effusions. Which patient should the nurse prioritize for immediate assessment and intervention? Get this one, okay? Number one, 72-year-old male, history of liver cirrhosis, vital signs stable. Two, 55-year-old female, three days post-op from a thoracic surgery, reporting shortness of breath. Three, 63-year-old male with congestive heart failure reporting shortness of breath. Four, 50-year-old female with a history of breast cancer reporting shortness of breath. Oh, <laughs> Woo. this one is tough. This one is tough. And you know how I know it's tough? Because y'all not on the same page no more. 
because I divided you up with this one. <laughs> Listen, with the NCLEX, this is how they're going to do y'all. I just want you to be ready for it. Everybody got the same problem. Everybody got some sort of respiratory problem. ABCs is not working on this. You throw that out the window. You better have something else going on. All right. So anyways, all these patients are really sick. The person that you need to go to first. I'll tell you which one. I'll tell you which one it is. It is number Three, the person with congestive heart failure with a pleural effusion reporting shortness of breath. This is the patient you need to see. This person is at highest risk for complications. Highest risk for complications. They need to be seen first. So if you understand the principles of, if you understand the principles of congestive heart failure. You have to read very carefully. Didn't say a history of congestive heart failure. It says congestive heart failure now. All right. Um, and then they also have shortness of breath too. So we got congestive heart failure. We got pleural effusion. We got shortness of breath. This patient got many, many things going on. We have to see them first. Then the surgical lady, right? She three days, she got old surgery right? But this person has more, this person has more comorbidities than anybody else. Okay. You got that one? Were you a safe nurse? Listen, four out of five tonight. Good. Four out of five. Good. Especially if you did the, um, especially if you did the content with me, if you're just coming in late, you're probably like, what's going on? How did we get here? But uh, just do me a favor, watch that plural effusion content that we went over. Also, if you have your quick facts, read, read it here. Remember, quick facts is so important. This is the question and answer book. Some of you guys ordered it last week for Black Friday. It is going out. It arrived to your door. You can memorize this book because it's just this big. Okay. Take it with you. This is half of my course. You must memorize this. Okay. The other half of the course is the V2 lectures. So make sure that you guys are also taking the time to go in and watching these videos, many videos, legal issues, okay? Legal issues and nursing, very important. Age-specific nursing care, expected changes, diets. Who did that with me last week? We did all of these last week. It was a beautiful review. And then on Monday, we did medication administration and antibiotics. So those of you who had the program, go on in and finish the rest of it not long. I know you can do it. You have the steps. Also, um, I wanted to talk about the question bank two as well tonight, but is there anything about V2 that you need for me to explain? This is another reason why I go live with you guys. Is there anything about V2 that you need for me to explain about it? Okay. Um, I haven't been able to download anything in V2. So let me show you what you have to do. Number one, you got to have a PDF reader because the documents in V2 are PDF. So if you don't have like an Acrobat or whatever PDF download and you just try to download it in Word, it's not going to translate the same. Okay. But let me show you where to do it. Like, so if you want your study calendar, if you go to the file vault and you go to your course resources, Okay. 
and you go to registered nurse, what I want you to do is look for, click study calendar, this blue arrow right here, maybe kind of hard to see, but it says download files and you download it. You just click on it. And then once you click on it, it your computer or mine scans it. Okay. And then you can open it up and then you'll have your study calendar. Okay. But you do need a PDF reader if that's the trouble that you're having. Okay. All right. What else people are saying? Okay. Testing for tomorrow. Cool. I, I'm, I am thinking about you. Love it. You said you printed your V2 for $12, the workbook. Amazing. Amazing. I love that. I love the library for that, allowing you to do that. You can either print it at the library yourself and you have the pages or also we do have the physical workbook, either one. Okay. Um, Regina, link for the V2 programs. The V2 programs, go to remartnurse.com, remartnurse.com, and you can get into RN or PN. My V2 is going to expire December the 3rd, which is right around the corner. How am I to renew it? The V2 will auto renew for you. So you don't have to do anything if you want more time in V2. The only way you would need to do something is if you canceled your V2. And then you would just go right into, um, you would go right here into settings. And then you're able to upgrade your V2 in that way. Okay. Let me see what else. Is there any way? These are good questions. The question bank. Um, the question bank. So yeah, so the question bank, let me just go over it really quickly. The question bank is also part of V2. So if you're following the study calendar, it will tell you when to watch videos and when to go into the question bank. So the question bank is here. Okay, right under courses, it's the question bank. So if you click on QBank, it is going to load up and take you to the question bank. There's over 2,500 questions in the question bank. Shout out to Mary says, I passed my NCLEX. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're able to create a test right here by just going to create a test. You're able to do that. The V2 will also tell you your total score. Like, so if you're low, if you're high, it will let you know how you're doing. And then it'll also tell you the subjects that you're doing well in or not doing well in. The test history is down here. So if you took a test in the past, you're able to look and see the test that you did. All right. And then also, if you're ready to create a test, just hit that blue button right here and it will allow you to create a test. Now, I'm going to click the blue button to show you how to create a test. I will say you don't just get the question bank. Some people say, can I just get the question bank by myself? No, you can't because the price is so low, literally, that you get everything in one. Like that's the whole purpose of the V2. You just get everything in one in one bundle. Um, so we don't sell the question banks by itself. All right, so you just create a test like this in GN. You can put whether you want it to be tutor, test, or computer adaptive. This is where you get your computer adaptive test as well in the question bank, okay? Now, let's just create a regular test. We can pick the subjects that we want. We can pick if we want it to be easy, moderate, or hard. So let me just do hard. And then you can also pick your subjects as well. And, and then you just go down, you click on the, the subject, you click on how many, 
questions you want and if you want it timed or not. And you just hit start your test. So you can make your own test with the subject as much as you like. There's over 2000 questions in here. You can do the case studies as well. Case studies are a great way for you to prepare for this exam. We do have them. Um, the hard ones are really hard, I would say, but it, the whole goal is for you to be prepared when you actually take the exam. So we do have all of the formatting, the close, drop down, multiple matrix. And again, this is for you to do. This is for you to do when you are finished with the content. That's my priority. Um, see, can you skip videos, Professor Regina, if you want to watch different videos? So no, when you're doing the V2, you're doing it according to the course, the work, okay? My whole goal was for you guys to pass. And I find that if you are learning in a certain order, it helps you to retain more information. So you will go in the order of the program when you're watching the videos. Now, once you watch a video, you can go back and watch it as many times as you want to. But the course prepares you by the, the order that I present this information, okay? The course prepares you. I will say this, um, or how do I update without subscription? Uh, you update automatically. You can update automatically um, in your settings. I will say this, for those of you who, um, who have like questions about the exam or you wanna know, sometimes you just wanna know answers to the exam, don't forget that at the bottom of the video, there is a discussion board and your classmates nine times out of 10 have some excellent notes. They also have answers to the entire test. If you guys struggle, it's just up to you. I think just knowing these little nuances about the V2 makes it, you know, a, a real, real fun to, to, to use. So um, don't forget your classmates who are studying with you in the V2. I do do classes. Are the, do you have videos on peritoneal dialysis and hemodialysis. We do, I think we've gone over them on a winning Wednesday or Monday motivation, but peritoneal dialysis and hemodialysis is here, okay? It's here. Do you take, um, let me see, what else? Let's go under live videos. Um, so that's it, okay? Can you use your V2 to prepare for your exit exam? Yes, you can use your V2 to pay for your exit exam. We'll have to spend a day where we just go in. I mean, last week I did that with you. We went in, we did videos, we did questions. So hopefully you feel comfortable after the Black Friday review doing everything that you need. Can you have, can you open up more V2 topics? <laughs> so um, I usually do the next, well, no, I do, I do, I do. Like I do do the, the, the topics with you guys. I think I do enough, especially for you to see what the program is like and if it's something for you to join in or not do. Because I know you guys have many options. My whole goal is that if you choose to work with Remar, you know exactly how to use the program, you know where to find me, you know how we, we support you through the journey, through the journey. How do you use the quick facts? So with Cyber Week, again, you're getting the V2 videos, you're getting the quick facts book and you're getting the downloadable workbook. All the videos are included in that. The way you use the QBank and quick facts is by going to the study calendar. I cannot stress it enough. 
in your study calendar, you will see um, in the study calendar, you will actually see what you're doing each study session. It will tell you what videos that you should be watching. Also, the um, the notes that you need to be reviewing or if you're doing any quizzes for that day. You don't always do question bank time. Um, you don't always do quick facts. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But again, if you're following the study calendar, you can do this program in three, four weeks. Easy. You can do this program in three, four weeks. Easy. I'm trying to think of all the other questions that I get. Somebody asked me about the passing standard in the V2. The videos will tell you, the progress exams will tell you what score you need to get, whether it's a 60% or a 50% or a 70%. Those will be dictated by that video um, progress exam. I did, remember the passing score for the NCLEX probability is about a 50%, about a 50%. So if you're getting a 60% in the V2 or 70% in the V2, you are actually doing well. You are actually doing well. Julie, if you have any specific questions um, about the, the course final, if you have a specific question, just email it to me, please, and I'll help, I'll help you. Uh, v, yes, V2 is the updated resource for next gen. Thank you. I always get a 60%. 60% is good. I know when we think about nursing school, 60% is failing. But for the NCLEX, if you're getting a 60%, that means you're pretty, you're pretty competent in that subject, that subject. Can you go through, please, can you go through the calendar and how to, to see how to download it? Yes, one more time. So the calendar again is here. But if you go to your file vault, if you go to your file vault and go to course resources, I guess this is an opportunity for me to show other things here. Course resources also have your, I mean, okay, I'm sorry about that. Let me go back. Course resources also have your, this is where you're gonna get your workbook from, your workbook, your study calendar, your new resources. Any new questions that I put also is in this section for your course resources. If you don't have this, go to remarnurse.com, please. And this is how you get into the V2. So um, your new resources, anything that I put in here, let's see, I have the conference information. Remember, I went to the NCLEX conference. I gave you guys the slides for that. I would say check those out as well. How to overcome test anxiety. And then um, the ultimate NCLEX resource guide. This is really cool because it is going to, it does explain to you how the new exam is structured and the different, um, the different types of question content. So check that out. I think I downloaded it a couple of times. Let me see if I can open it here. This is in the file vault. So if you haven't taken time to read about NCLEX, what are the new changes? I did a whole thing for you. I did a whole thing for you guys. So check that out. And I think it'll make you more comfortable with the next gen NCLEX that will help some of you with anxiety. And again, that's in the file vault under course resources. This is also where you get your study calendar and your workbook from. So that's how you get that's how you get that calendar. Does that make sense? Um, cat exam, just send me an email. If you have something specific about your course, you guys know what I say, just send me an email so I can look specifically at your 
B2 account because I can't do that right now. Um, if you need, if you want a certificate, you need a certificate, um, CAD exams, those things, just send me an email, please support at remarreview.com. I would love to look at your account and see what it is you need, or if you have any questions. Also, if you have trouble um, getting into the V2, if you got it, you need to upgrade or you need to restart your subscription, go ahead and send me an email and I promise we'll get to them. Support at remarreview.com. All right, um, let's see. All right, is that it guys? Okay, I'm going to, whew, I'm going to get off here. We did Winning Wednesday. This was Plural Effusion and we talked through this. I feel comfortable with it. I feel like you guys are good to go on it and that's the whole goal. Like, So this is a topic that you can check off your box now because you do the quick facts reading of it. We do some stuff in class then you're able to go through. Look at the respiratory. I just want to make a note about the respiratory lectures in V2 because they really go along with the Quick Facts book, right? And so for respiratory, um, where is the respiratory lectures? Uh, we do them here. So right after herbal medications is a great time for you to do, in my opinion, blood gas interpretation. That's a 13-minute video. Blood gas interpretation you have a clinical subject quiz because after you learn blood gas interpretation, this is a fun quiz to me. Even though it says it takes 20 minutes, when you learn ABGs, you go through it so much faster. Chest tubes and congestive heart failure, okay? Then you have another progress quiz. So if you have V2 and you did this work with me last week, then you're right on track to go in and get these other videos done down into diagnostic procedures. So you see, one of the reasons that you show up to class is so that you have that structure to really get through this program. If you are doing the V2 and Quick Facts, it does not take you that long to get through the course, the training course. I, you can do it in three weeks, you could do it in four weeks. And those of you who are testing, you know, December, end of December, we can do this program so that you're ready by the end of December. If you have your exit exams right now, this is the cost of the V2. It's not $400. It's not $500. It's literally $69 for 30 days. If you want to do the three-month plan, $129. $129. And you don't even have to start now with the Cyber Week deal. You know you guys can delay your start date for 90 days. Okay. So you purchase the V2 tonight and then you, uh, and then you start. I guess you start soon, not too, too, too late, but you can, you can delay it up to 90 days. Um, I got the three months. Yes, 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 yes. If you have the trial and you want to upgrade, just click on that banner, the blue banner. Okay. Now let's see what else. Oh, your, your NCLEX date is December 13th. Okay. Okay. I hope we are ready. That's right on the corner. What an amazing Christmas gift it will be when you have your nursing license. Like when, again, when you guys have that nursing license, you don't have to do this anymore. I know it's fun and we love it. But when you have your nursing license, you have the possibilities of getting a new job, moving, new life, new career. <laughs> nice. Regina, Regina, I'm officially a Remar nurse. I passed my NCLEX PN on October the 19th, 150. I thank God for you and Mark, love and prayers to the family. Congratulations, congratulations. Woo, amazing. All right, 
that's the best feeling in the world to pass your NCLEX. And that's why all of you are here because indeed you want to just be a great nurse. And that actually goes beyond, that actually goes beyond just passing NCLEX. It means that you're a safe nurse. It means that if a doctor comes up to you and hands you an arterial blood gas, you can look at it and have an intelligent conversation with that doctor about what's happening with your patient. And you should be able to do that based on the numbers. If the, you know, hey, listen to this. If that pH, one of my Remar nurses, if that pH is 7.27, but the bicarb is 50, what does the patient have? Real quick, pH 7.27, bicarb 50. What does that patient have? Give it to me. I know you know it. What is that patient having? All right. Um, and so this is the, you know, this is the standard that I set for you. The standard is education. Yes. Yes, I see it. Kathy, Kathy had it first, I think. I see it. Respiratory acidosis. Okay. Respiratory acidosis. It's really that simple. You should be able to look at the two numbers and know the patient comes in and they have what, and they have, let's say the patient has, they, they've had a drug overdose of fentanyl. Okay. Patient has a drug overdose of fentanyl. What is the blood gas for that patient? Well, you don't know it. Okay. If you don't know it right away, bam, I'm telling you 13 minutes. In here, you'll do the work, okay? Patient has a drug overdose, fentanyl. Mm -hmm. we, are, we, are, we are confident that that's gonna be respiratory acidosis. We don't, we don't even need, we can have the respiratory therapist come in and do the numbers, but us as nurses, we're already gonna know. And they're gonna be like, how does she know? How does he know? Okay. We have the education. We have the training. That's why we get paid the big bucks. Because we know. Okay. All right, guys. So keep doing the work. Keep doing the work. This is, uh, this is what it's like. This is what it feels like. Until you take NCLEX every day, you should be asking yourself, am I where I'm supposed to be? Do I feel confident? Have I studied? Have I mastered this, this subject? You know, the fundamentals. I'm not asking you guys difficult questions. I'm asking you guys the fundamentals, all right? The very basics, blood gas interpretation. You got to know that, okay? You see something in Quick Facts, you see something in V2, you don't know, ask me. That's why I'm here, ask me. All right, guys, so have a great evening, all right? You can text me directly to 855-696-0132. It's Cyber Week. It's Cyber Week. If you don't know how to get into my review, it's cool. Go to remarnurse.com, remarnurse.com, and get in. I will see you also on, today is Wednesday, so what day will I be back again? I will be back on Monday at noon, okay? Monday at noon, Eastern time. I'm on the East Coast. So we're going to do a class on Monday. I don't know what it'll be about. Not yet, but I will. I will um, I will know soon, right? And we're going to go over it. 855-696-0132 or email me. That's even better, honestly. Support at remarreview.com. Thank you guys so much for watching this class. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.